Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more. Well, hello, and thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Friday Reporter podcast. Uh, Let me warn you first that I'm going to do a bunch of promo today during this conversation about a great conference that's coming up inside of Washington, D.C. on June 5th and 6th. PR Daily, who you know is a partner in a partnership with me at the podcast, is hosting a media relations conference here in town in Washington, D.C. And if you'd like to know more or you'd like to register, don't forget to use my code reporter to get $150 off of your registration. So today's conversation is with the amazing Alex Rosenwald, who is the Senior Director of Communications at the Hill Newspaper. Alex also is a speaker at that conference. And so in preview to that conversation, I asked him if he'd join me for a conversation today to talk more about how he got into being in the world of media and comms. So Alex, thanks so much for being with me today. It's great to be here, Lisa. Thanks for having me. So It's so cool to me that there is, and I think maybe you and I've already talked about this previously, but the thing I learned when I launched the podcast was how big a role communications plays behind the scenes in journalism. And it's not that I was oblivious to it. I guess I really didn't realize how much of an important role communications people like yourself play in the advancement and really the development of brands like the Hill newspaper. So tell me, Alex, how is it, how'd you get started in, in, in the business? Talk to me a little bit about your background. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, for years, had no idea what public relations was, but I knew early on my love of politics and media and often sitting when I was living right outside of Chicago with my parents, uh, you know, watching, Sunday talk shows, C-SPAN, and just like being in the politics and media and always being interested in that. Um, but I think it was in college really taking a liking to talk radio and listening to, you know, Rush Limbaugh. I was went to a small liberal arts college in Colorado and remember before the, you know, Spotify and all the apps where you could listen to anything you want and listen to terrestrial radio. So I would listen to Limbaugh, Mark Levin, John Hannity, uh, whatever the dial when I was going through each town and city and, and just fell in love with that medium and and uh, uh after two years at the small liberal arts college wanted to be closer to the political scene and uh transferred to george mason mm-hmm. and took that love of radio and uh joined the college of republicans and loved being a part of cpac the conservative conference political action conference but loving radio row and like being amongst like 20 30 40 different broadcasters and just taking such a liking to what they were doing, seeing how they were making their shows. Um, so then after that, got an internship at uh, Radio America, uh, which was a great experience um, and did some jobs there and there and, and then uh, took a, a role at a small boutique radio network uh, called Main Street Radio Network. It was a radio producer for several years, uh, working on uh, different center right shows and learning about the, the business of radio and then the production side of radio. Um learn PR and comms through pitches Mm -hmm. um, and getting the endless pitches from agencies and different groups. And um, it was a great way to build relationships. And certainly um, when I felt like I had kind of tapped out of talk radio and felt like I wanted something else, um, 
I had leaned on that network that I didn't even know I really had and and sort of said, Hey, what do you do for a living? Like, I mean, what is what what is your your job? And that's where I discovered public relations and um got my start really in PR at uh Media DC, which was the parent company for the Washington Examiner and the Weekly Standard. Did that for several years, um, then worked in the podcast space, then worked in the think tank space, and then joined the Hill in October uh of last year. And it's been a super exciting time for you guys. It's uh, clearly, I've obviously, you know, been in town myself for over 20 years now. And the Hill newspaper has really advanced and grown in a way that really, if you'd asked us 15 years ago, we probably wouldn't have been able to predict, but it's really, uh, you guys are now um, part of the next star family. You're in connection with News Nation, which is a great new network that's happening in town. And You've got a lot of really amazing journalists in in your world that cover not only the Hill, uh, the intersection between politics and corporate. Uh, you're really just delivering a lot of really important content for not only people that cover and, and are working on Capitol Hill, but also for those who are outside of the Beltway that want to know more. Um the reason why I bring that up is because, Alex, I want to tell the audience a little bit about, uh, not too much, but a little bit about what you and I have cooked up for June in terms of podcast and collaboration between the two. Yeah, no, and this this podcast takeover, I'm super elated, super excited. Um, you know, the synergies between The Hill and News Nation. Um, you know, I work, you know, my day job is The Hill, but I can we certainly consider here, I certainly myself, uh, News Nation is very much part of the family. And so uh, for the month of June, uh, for your your podcast, uh, you will have representatives from The Hill, uh, some of our reporters, some of the folks from Hill TV, some of the people from the business side, and then some of the great talent over at News Nation. So super That's excited for that. So fun. But it's all part of sort of the collaboration that you and I have cooked up in terms of helping, you know, my audience better understand this new brand, it's not really a new brand, but like a rebirth and a re sort of resurgence of the brand that you guys have been working to cultivate and and um, and build in a way that is just really, it's really exciting. And it's really fun. Tell me a little, Alex, your intersection between the Hill and News Nation. So you're, you're obviously um, senior director of communications for the newspaper. And that's not just the print, but it's also online. It's all the contours yep. of the Hill. Tell me a little bit about that relationship between you guys and News Nation. Yeah. So again, the day job is the Hill, you know, internal, external comms, putting our journalists out there on, on broadcast. And I, and I think the News Nation synergy is super exciting because, you know, I think as a PR practitioner, um, you know, News Nation is a growing cable network, which features a lot of our, our great talent you were talking to earlier about the, the bench of writers here. Um, that was my big draw to come to the Hill. It's a, it's a terrific bench, Bob Cusack, Julia Manchester, Michael Schnell. Um, and so working with News Nation on featuring our journalists on their variety of shows, but of course, um, in the marketplace, uh, the Hill now has its cable show on News Nation Monday through Friday, uh, five to six, which you have been a participant as well, mm-hmm. um, which is a great celebration of our journalists at the Hill, thought leaders in Washington, uh, whether it's members of Congress or people in the think tank space, uh, academia. Um, it's been a lot of fun to, to, whether it's like booking our journalists there, or bouncing story ideas 
Um, we have a really important cancer series we're doing in the month of June. And so working with them on how we're going to amplify that series, get some of our healthcare reporters on there. So a lot of ways, I feel like a kid in a candy store. I feel very fortunate to have this job, but I think to work with News Nation, work you know broadly within Nexstar and their local stations, um, it's been a lot of fun. And it, and it is. And that's the other thing, too, is that Nexstar has a really big reach all across the country because it is in just about every uh, news um, market all across the country and in in those small markets where folks are consuming information every day. And I suspect that they're probably drawing in a lot of the content that you're pitching and offering through the the network itself. But you also you're you're an ambassador for the Hill. I mean, you're obviously you're speaking at the PR Daily Conference on uh, June 6th. You'll be there. I know you've got another colleague that's going to be there as well talking about this great new synergy. What is it? Tell me a little bit about what it is you're planning to, to talk about at the conference itself? Yeah, so it's a, a media panel on June 6th at 11, like 1130 uh, on newsroom vets and insiders uh, and sort of their tactics and strategies. And um, I'm glad you brought up the, the colleague, Cheyenne Daniels, who covers race and politics here, an extraordinary reporter. Um, so, I, And I think an opportunity, uh, certainly for her, to talk to the audience about you know, sourcing, how people pitch her, how she builds relationships. And I think my my role from what I gather amongst the other terrific uh, panelists is to really, you know, talk through, I think, both camps, mm-hmm. um, certainly on the pitch front, you know, pitching our journalists to broadcast shows or other speaking engagements, but also being on the end, you know, as a former producer, um, and sort of talking about the experiences of the kinds of pitches that, you know, I was I was uh, given, and I think one of the things actually at the end of the panel um, is an opportunity, I think, for the audience to create their own pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the wording is step up and take your best shot in an interactive pitch form, which I think is great. Uh, you know, in a moment of humility, I think for people to just get up there and give their pitch. And then I think for us to give um, whatever feedback we have. But I, I'm I'm in awe and certainly being a part of this panel. I don't mean to sound sort of like cliche. and It's really a jam-packed panel and a really jam-packed conference of amazing people in the space. Um, You know, being in PR is amazing in so many ways, but it's like the learning, learning from people at the craft. So I'm really excited. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing Podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. Well, it's and, and you're absolutely right. I think the one thing that I learned, Alex, and I'm glad you brought it up, the one thing that I learned about really about journal. I mean, you know, I've been in PR myself for quite some time, but the thing that really sort of dawned on me having these conversations over the course of the last two and a half years is that, you know, as much as PR is about pitching to journalists, 
journalists themselves are pitching to their editors. Their editors are pitching to their, uh, their, you know, board and other people about other smart ways to sort of build out the brand. Everybody in the business that we're in is pitching in one way or another. And that I think makes us not only, uh, better at the pitch, but also more thoughtful about receiving them and, and really sort of ways that we see, uh, pitches come through also help inform what works, what doesn't work. And it's always evolving, right? And so PR Daily does, I was at one of their conferences in New York as part of the partnership. I'm lucky enough to participate in um, a variety of their conferences as a as a, um, a moderator and sort of in a way to just be involved and help promote the podcast itself. But um, they do do that pitch and it's smart in a way because, you know, every time I hear a pitch, to my point earlier, is I get smarter, you know? And sometimes yep. I'll say, oh gosh, I can see the contours of why that's not good. But because of the not good, I also learned something as well. So I'm excited to be there and I'm excited to see you um, have that conversation with the audience and be part of that in Washington because I think that there is a real value in having that um, connection because so much of public affairs and public relations, um, folks try to make them interchangeable. But the truth of it is, is that public relations really about, is about influencing an, an audience of consumers and, and information gatherers, whereas public affairs traditionally is seen as more of a, a pitch to lawmakers and, and others that are a little bit of a different audience. And so it's cool to see those two come together here in town in D.C., I agree with you. No, and I, I'll just add one point. I think good case study of, you know, how we formed a, a friendship and the power of LinkedIn. I think connection of, you know, um, one of our, our great reporters, Al Weaver, who joined you about a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and wrote you a note on LinkedIn, wanted to make sure that uh, you knew that it was, you know, well received here and we were promoting it and uh, said, we, we need to meet, you know, we need to, we need to connect and, um, you know, being comfortable in that space, um, being comfortable, putting yourself out there, meeting people, doing notes. LinkedIn has been one of the greatest gifts in the public relations space to really build relationships in a very meaningful way uh, versus what I think often in the practice, not to get too off track, but yeah, I think, you know, the spray and pray of like mass mailing people and hoping people open, like you got to put in the work, you got to sell the brand, sell what you're trying to do, but also just to let's like meet people and just connect. So anyhow, um, no, I think I, how we, we formed our relationship, up. I think was great on LinkedIn. So, uh, and I, to- and I totally agree. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think that so much of social, uh, and social promotion, especially in the podcast, you know, for, for the Friday reporter, at least I find that the most feedback that I get in terms of meaning, meaningful feedback and, uh, and ideas and thoughts and, and other things has come from LinkedIn. And I think that's probably because it is a professional space where communicators and journalists and otherwise are, are really um, engaging and having conversations. I get plenty of hearts and stars and, you know, et cetera, on all the other platforms. But, you know, they're from friends and family and people maybe that aren't necessarily in our professional space. So to me, I've found, and that's just my, you know, the the focus group of one, I've found that the greatest interactions and the greatest um, value in terms of promotion has been 
for me on LinkedIn. Twitter for a little yeah. while was was valuable because that's where our reporter friends were all congregating. But since the, you know, sort of the change of the guard there, I think that that has really changed the way people interact and really the algorithm itself feels as if it's shifted to some degree. So I'm glad you brought that up because I do think that, you know, for folks, for communicators, press secretaries, uh, journalists, otherwise that are listening and that care about ways to, to find even work too, that's the other thing. Um, LinkedIn is still really the best opportunity for connection. And so um, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I totally agree. I think it's a great platform and one that's really working for, for both of our sides of the business. Yeah. And I did just to add one more point too. I, it's where I think I get the most visibility and buzz for whatever we're pushing out, whether it's a, an appearance on a program or a speaking engagement, or I, I, from what I see, there's much more, engagement and awareness that i get from putting something on linkedin than twitter i mean twitter has its its audience it's 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 huge megaphone and it certainly plays a very relevant role in the work we do in the pr space but um linkedin is i, I think been much more effective and impactful for uh, buzz and awareness for brands. Yeah. And, and look, by next year, it'll change and there'll be some new guy on the block. And by new guy, I mean new platform on the block. Um, but there'll be something yep. else in some other way for us to do our work. But but for now, that really feels like a great um, dialogue. So Alex, okay, so we're in the news business and we work in Washington, D.C. And it's hard not to be consuming that kind of information and that kind of interaction all day long. I mean, I know I, I go to the park or I go to the store and I inevitably run into someone that's in our business because it's a small town. Um, but we have weekends and we do other things. So what is keeping Alex Rosenwald busy on the weekends or in his spare time? What, what are you doing? That's uh, any recommendations, any thoughts, anything new that's going on that you might like to share? Well, I would just, again, the weekends, whatever way people do it it's so important to just unplug take a breath you've earned it um my wife and i are jewish so the symbolic you know nature of like a shabbat i'm sort of just from friday night to saturday night of just you know one night of or one day of just just total disconnect mm -hmm. um you know just the symbolic nature of that but on a weekend um you know we live in fairfax so um sometimes we'll just you know not go anywhere for the weekend, have a, a bottle of wine. But where we pick up that wine, I, I want to give a major plug to an amazing wine shop in D.C. called Domestique, um, okay. which is not too far from Union Market. They, they were a, a club member. We get like three bottles a month. To certainly get more member there, but it's an organic, natural wine shop, which is so unique. Like um, wines that you would never think could be like developed in like, like Colorado and Texas and, and just areas where you just think like you sell, you, you can make wine there. That's crazy. That's cool. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll go there and we might do a wine tasting and we love union market. I think union market is one of the most underrated places in DC. Um, certainly the food hall um, is amazing, but the stores, the community. Um, so yeah, I would say at least once or twice a month, we will go um, to go mystique, do the wine thing, go to union market. Um, and then my in-laws live in the Eastern shore and Chestertown. So we, uh, from time to time, we'll go up there and it's really nice to have some family close by. Um, and then when it's baseball season, I'm a diehard angels fan. So I will, uh, usually the weekends are great to 
watch these games that start at 10 o'clock on the East, <laughs> East Coast, 7 o'clock on the West Coast. So uh, yeah. the Angels are playing well right now. So um, I've been uh, enjoying uh, staying up, even though I'm tired the next day. Uh, you know, I'll get to sleep in a little bit. It's, it's like uh, it's like games. falling in love, right? I mean, you just yeah, that's you, right. can, you can kind that's of right. you can kind of live through it because you've had a great night and the game has gone well. You pay for that's it the right. next day, but like the euphoria of the win kind of gets you through. Um, And I love that too, because I think that the one thing that in this conversation that I've been having on the podcast has been about food and it's been about uh, great books, great shows. And it really more than anything, because this is a podcast that was born out of the pandemic, I feel like it's a great way for, for us to make recommendations to our other friends inside of the city, but also kind of in the space everyone always comes to town and says, Lisa, where should I go? You know, where should I eat? What should I do? What should I see? And so this has provided like a great list of things that, oh, someone just recommended to me, uh, you know, great. And now I know that when I go to Union Market, I've got to stop in um, because I do, I love the market, but that's also, you know, part of where you and I grew up is that we were, you know, right outside of the cities and having those markets where you can get great local sourced food is just like, it's the killer. And I love it so much. I just spent a weekend in Philadelphia and, um, and just appreciated so much the the markets there. And anyway, so I've gone on too long about that. But that's me, the girl from New Jersey, always looking for the best place to get the best whatever. So um, uh, well, let me just add one point too, just because it's top of mind. A, a former guest of yours on the podcast, but a, a good friend of ours, David Drucker, mm-hmm. who I think is like the king of like, foodie in dc if like if, whenever i need a restaurant recommendation i'm sure you've experienced like knows everything knows every place to go um there's a great taste in, in food and wine uh he's just a great guy so plug for drucker absolutely so. well and you know like that's the best part about this town and the one thing that i was on a panel just yesterday we were talking about how small knit and small um you know, just sort of connection, uh, the communications and media world is inside of Washington, D.C. And that's how we all get these great recommendations from one another, too. And so Drucker obviously being a great one. Um, I love that so much. And I love that I got a chance to catch you and to talk a little bit about the great work that you're doing at the Hill, this cool new uh, synergy you have uh, inside the Nexstar family with News Nation, the fact that I get to host over the course of the next few weeks, the great journalists that are part of your team, Alex, I'm incredibly grateful for all of that. So I, for the first time ever in the history of the podcast, I'm not asking for a recommendation today because I know that you're going to give me at least four or five great recommendations over the course of the next couple of weeks. So we will keep the guests waiting and, uh, and guessing on who's coming next. But I'm so grateful for your time today, Alex. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Lisa. This was fun. Uh, and uh, I love this podcast. and I love that we've gotten a chance to get to know each other and uh, looking forward to a continued partnership and relationship. And there you have it. Another episode of the Friday Reporter podcast in partnership with PR Daily and coming soon to a platform near you on Big Week Podcasts. See you next week.